What is even up? It's your boy Crabman here with my boy Heckenstein. Welcome, one and all. I'm still trying to figure out who that one is, but <laughs> to the hypnotic hootout. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Ah. Um. Yes. Today it's very warm, again. So. There will be ambient noise. I'm going to state that in the beginning. And then, yeah, well, hopefully it's not too bad. No screaming children. That's always Barking the worst. dogs. And screaming owners. <laughs> yes. So, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Well, I mean, I know how you were doing Tuesday. I'm not sure how yeah. you're doing now. Better. I, I assure you I'm, I'm doing better. No, yeah, I I fell into a hole. It's mm. been a while since I actually felt depressed, but you know, the last couple of days gave me a kind reminder of how it is to feel utterly empty, you know, mm. just no emotional energy left to react to stuff. Um, that's a weird story. I mean, I had like a great weekend. I, by all accounts, <laughs> let's say, I had a great weekend party, met lots of friends, really good, my, the best friends around here, you know. Um, so I guess I should have been like happy on Sunday, but I was really hungover and felt kind of down, but I thought, like, yeah, it's probably, you know, just just being hungover. But then, I don't know, I guess I kind of dug the hole myself by um, yeah, thinking about what wasn't perfect, how things could have been better or how I know the people that I met reacted to me and if they were genuine about it and yeah basically if, if anyone still liked me I felt really alone really lonely um, and at first I couldn't really um, I didn't really know where that came from or how you know what 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 it was thought so like maybe you know i'm single maybe it's just just me i need some i need a girlfriend but then you know on the other hand i know that that can't be that's bullshit <laughs> it should I, it, it shouldn't be the case that you need a girlfriend to be happy that's hmm. that's kind of a bad idea from the get-go um yeah but then we yeah thursday no tuesday we had the came over and I felt like and I was like oh, I, I think I hit rock bottom on holy Monday and Tuesday I felt like okay I need to do something can if I stay home you know I am not getting getting out of this hole I did though you know as you usually do like make sure that I do like the necessities so every day I do my yoga kind of you know I think I didn't do it yesterday or something Hmm. More or less, like I, I keep keep up the stuff that I know is good for me, 
Uh, I do some household stuff, you know, vacuuming and stuff because it helps me if I order my surroundings, if I, um, you know, tackle the tasks that are kind of becoming pressing. I know that's that is helping me usually to get at a healthy spot. But yeah, it wasn't really working at all. <laughs> so Tuesday, I, yeah, came over. We, we talked, <clears throat> we drank a lot, mm. and I walked home. And I, I really love these walks. I love I loved the walk here to here. I mean, it was a bit warm and I had <laughs> lots of alcohol to carry, um, but kind of was my workout for the day. And mm. uh, just walking home at night, it's just such a great, you know, the, the silence, the darkness, like no, not a lot of people outside and I can just walk and the, the walking helps me think through stuff as well. So when I was home and lying in bed, I kind of had a couple of reala like realizations that helped me uh, make sense of all, all that stuff. And I mean, I know you kind of already know <laughs> what, the, what the problem is here. It's, it's basically be, me being too harsh with myself and it's kind of in a different way that I guess you experienced that because you told me, you know, I have to like shut up this, this voice in my head that keeps like make, bringing me down, it keeps criticizing me and I don't have that voice, I thought. But I kind of realized that I, you know, there is a voice, there's definitely a voice. It's not criticizing me, it's just asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd love that. Because that, that's the thing I do as well, right? These toxic questions, you know, begging the question. You know, everybody had fun. Had they? I think I had a great evening, but did I? <laughs> Could, could there have been something that was wrong? Mm. Did anybody, you know, did I do everything right? Did I um, say goodbye to everyone in, a, in the right manner? Did I spend enough time with everybody? Did I, um, did I make an ass of myself at some point? What could, what could possibly have been like interpreted wrongly or maybe did I fuck up at any point? You know, and then I start searching for that stuff. And the effect is the same thing as if I'm telling myself that I'm an asshole. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, I'm holding my up, myself up to like an impossible standard um, that I can't um, fulfill because it's always, I can always find anything to do better. You know, there's always something that's not perfect. We don't live in a perfect world, so it's, it's, yeah, it's weird that I, I have this voice in my head that's trying to, um, yeah, to go through everything. I mean, I, I realized that I, I have, like, I'm almost always thinking about what I could have done wrong, what I've done wrong, what I might do wrong, if I'm doing something wrong now, if 
or rather let's say that the other half basically is how in the future I can do everything right you know I, I regularly lie in bed awake and can't sleep just thinking about just random conversations I could have you know not necessarily like realistic stuff I mean I often lay in bed and think about how I um, tell stuff in the podcast here mm. you know I just start like telling stuff and I'm in my head I'm preparing myself and it's a good thing you know just go through everything at once just tell the story once in your head and then it's gonna be easier if you're there um, but that's also a kind of way to set myself up to failure because on the one hand it never works out like I make it out in my head of course um, on the other hand, now I've got like a weird compulsion, like a standard, like this is what I wanted to do. And of course I did something that's not quite that, something different. Mm. Maybe, it, so there, there, I already have like a failure state for me that I can like obsess over them. And then on the other hand, sometimes I try to stick too closely to that. So I'm forcing a conversation or forcing a topic or, you know, it's just, like a thought, like something I, I had prepared, like a little bit, basically, I had prepared in my head that that's kind of waiting to, to, to come out. And then I'm like blurting it out at, at some moment, like whatever. Mm. And then, of course, it's not like, doesn't work like I thought it would in my head. And then I feel like, oh, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so that's a, it's a lose-lose situation, basically. Either I do what I... I I uh, thought of and it doesn't work out or I don't do it and then I feel kind of upset that I didn't manage to do what I thought I would do so there's no way for me to basically be at peace with how I am just naturally I'm always playing some role I'm always um, reciting some stuff I thought of before I mean that's the that's part of the reason why I like the list so much, you know, <laughs> because I am kind of, um, I mean, I, I'm trying to entertain here a little bit, but, you know, I already went far away from where I started with the, the real pressure to entertain, be entertaining all the time. Now I just want to fill the space, you know, no silence, for example. Hmm just talking the whole time because it's boring if I don't talk so I need to talk but I think more I mean so this is a problem on, on or let's say challenge mm -hmm. on the one hand that I am that this is actively making things more difficult for me like thinking about the future and thinking about the past so obsessively as I do hmm. but on the other hand it's also you know actively um, it takes a lot of thought you know a lot of processor power basically yeah it could do other stuff you know it, there is no there's no real benefit in pre-scripting in my head 
what hypnotic all uh, hypnotic hootout uh, number 62 will be so i didn't do it this this time around i just stopped myself mm. because usually it's it's at night when i'm thinking about like future conversation that's the future conversation realm is is the the evening when i'm lying in bed awake and i could sleep and i haven't been sleeping well for a month now so just sleeping would would help me much more than preparing on this weird you know detailed way i do where i'm almost like rehearsing how to be instead of just being myself and just you know hmm. i do kind of accept myself how i am it's not that i'm actively like unhappy with who i am um but I think I need to, you know, reduce all these, the, the future planning as well as the um, reviews. Reviews, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't review my code as often as I <laughs> review like weird um, interactions I have. And there's always interactions with other people. Mm. I never think like, oh, I should have. Never is probably not the wrong word, but hardly ever uh, I, I think about like what could I have done like by myself better for myself. That's not a thought I have. It's mm. always just how can I um, impress or be liked by everybody. Doesn't matter if I like the person or not. I I need to be liked. I need to be um, respected. Um, that's also the reason why I'm so sensitive when it comes to like slights or jokes mm. because I immediately feel like disrespected because <laughs> uh, yeah I can't uh, the, the opinion other people have a, on me is much more important even like the like a person I don't like their opinion is, of me is kind of more important for me than my own opinion. Mm. Yeah, and I'm making it right for everybody else except for me. Like I don't, I don't matter in in my brain somehow. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that, and I'm gonna instead <laughs> think about a little bit more highly of me, and just, um, for example, a thing I used to do uh, until recently was when I meditate, I think about three things that I like in life, like for which I'm thankful. That's like being thankful for something. It's like a generic good thing to do, just to program your brain of being more happy. I see more the positive in life. And it's a good thing. I think um, I can recommend it. But for me, uh, I will now think just about three things every day that I like about me mm. instead because I'm very thankful for everything except for myself that's <laughs> a, I don't have trouble you know enjoying life if I am you know not at the moment trying to make everything right for everybody else so then like at home and with nobody around I'm pretty happy I'm pretty happy except if I'm in a hole like the last couple of days mm. You know, I do my stuff, I'm happy with myself, I like myself, um, 
but as soon as there's someone else, I start to think, um, how can I not annoy that person? How? What is that person? Um, what? What does that person want of me, and how can I fulfill that before they even formulate it? Ideally, before they even know mm. that that's something they want from me, I want to provide it. So they are thankful and respect me and all that jazz. Because that, that's somehow that's so important to make everybody around me happy <laughs> immediately. And that's also the reason why I'm like socially so, you know, that um, drains me that much social situations because I always want to do right by everybody except myself and of course that's that's a lot of work and it's not fulfilling at all um, yeah so that was a breakthrough I guess hmm. I mean it's not the first time I got to this it's kind of like I don't know you've got like a, a huge tree of annoyance and problems and challenges and you know you, you dig and then you know there's something you dig you dig and then you get to a root and you follow the root and it, ah, it goes to that tree of course i knew it <laughs> it's every time it's a new root and i think at some point you have enough roots mm. out so you can just tip the whole thing over and i mean i imagine that's how you get rid of trees you probably don't but I like the metaphor. Mm. Thought about it yesterday night before I said, oh, stop, <laughs> you will come up with anything. Because that's the thing, I usually, it's not that I don't, that I can't come up with stuff. Mm. They're not spontaneous. It's just that I am so deathly afraid that I can't come up with everything, that I just prepare everything and then I go through that prepared stuff doesn't matter if it's good or not just you know to have the security because that's that's what i thought i'm just gonna do that now and then you know pikachu face if it doesn't work out <laughs> <laughs> or i can't really do it like i thought it would i would yeah so that was my journey this week <laughs> mm. <clears throat> well but you see how all of this ties back to just one trauma, right? You see how that all is, like, all goes back to the exact same situation of, uh, well, I guess being ridiculed and criticized by... Yeah, I think it's a cluster of, of traumas that really overlap in, in this regard. Sure, I mean, you it's know? always... Because there's, there's, like, extra stuff on top. There was a lot of... Like from my parents' perspective, they they also like my parents always like expected a lot from me. That's the one thing, mm. uh, too much, <laughs> I think, um, in an unhealthy manner. Then they um, they did criticize me a lot, and yeah, they ridiculed me if I did mistakes. And then in school, you know, this kind of continued. The ridicule there was was just on another level, right? This was, I think that that that's a part that really hurt me a lot, and you know that was the the time when I was trying to find myself mm. and just you know didn't kind of 
Uh, yeah, so yeah. I see that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the one tree in the middle there. Hmm. Yeah, it's Bam. kind of... I guess the things you describe are basically a coping, a maladaptive coping mechanism of trying to figure out what are they going to criticize me for. Mm -hmm. You're already pre-planning. What could they say so you can do it better? Yeah. But of course there is no better because this is not built on an actual... on something that actually makes sense. It's all kind of random moving targets. Uh, mostly. I mean, the, the most of the stuff that's going on now is, but... It did serve a role back then, you know. I did learn how to do how to make my parents, you know, happy. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. I, but and I'm really good at uh, making, you know, uh, abusive relationships work because I am really good at adapting to finding out what they, the person needs and then just providing it, you know, mm. instead of you know, shriving sure. myself. But all of the things you do there by which you judge whether you're good enough, it's all mm. built on random bullshit that doesn't actually mean anything. And yeah. therefore, it's difficult to actually arrive at the point of proof that you're good enough because all the things that you're trying to use as proof, they're all imaginatory. Yeah, it's like science. You, know, you can never prove that something's... Uh, there or not, you just, you know, you can't can just continue finding... No, it's not a good, it's not a good comparison to be, to be honest. Yeah, I know, I would say it's not at all. It's like the opposite of science. Yeah, it's, it's science, all on belief, it's not science, on proof. You can never um, prove that something isn't there. Yes. Right, yes. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of way that it works with my brain. Hey, Vanessa. Hey! Yeah, and um, I think I've I've got like I've I've built a lot of healthy habits, mental muscles with that. Um, I'm really um, attentive, for example, but I also you know maladapted a lot of these things where when I um, when I wrote down like. Um, positive things I like about myself. One of the things was like being dutiful. Mm -hmm. And then I crossed it out again because I don't think that's a positive thing at all. That's coping. I am very attentive. That's the positive thing. You know, I see something's needed and then I do it, you know, but dutifulness, like, I mean, maybe you can interpret it as, as you know, if I know, you know, that the door has to be shut, then I make sure it, it's shut, you know, whatever. But um, it's just attentiveness, I think, is the positive side of that. Similar to, um, in German you'd say, uh, zuvorkommt, in an English expression. The English don't do that, right? <laughs> no, I actually think attentive is already pretty much that, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same, it's, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, zuvorkommt would be like you do it before the other person does something that's again that's coping hmm. that's not something you need to do if you are attentive and you see something someone needs something and you give it to them maybe you could also call that you know um to forecome but i think that's the, the healthy side of that i think i was really attached 
to a lot of the the unhealthy coping mechanisms and told myself that I'm that that's actually good. You know, you prepare yourself. You always think about how you can do something better. Mm. And I also see that a lot. Um, that's not the first time I realized that in our working together times, where you know always you know, a lot lot of criticizing all the time and try to do everything right and better and reading an article by someone who says one thing and then, you know, immediately, okay, that's the right thing now, we gotta do it like this, because <laughs> that's yeah. the newest thing I read. Um, uh, you might obli obliging or accommodating. Yeah, kinda, you mean, yeah, yeah. Obliging, accommodating, I think accommodating is a positive thing. I. A positive attribute I gave myself. I'm very accommodating. <laughs> and maybe you can, that can be toxic too. But yeah, I, um, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying before? Uh, work together. Oh, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Um, because I, I never really evolved my own sense of what's right and wrong well, I mean I did but I, I, but I never you know took much stock in my own opinion instead I'm always looking for the opinions of others and because you know everybody has a, a different opinion that's driving me crazy because I don't know what to do <laughs> right you know especially with gaming game development for example you know, and marketing, all that, that jazz. You know, I was, I was um, always searching for uh, how to do it right, and everybody says something different. Um, I mean, I guess there's a consensus after all, but uh, even the consensus maybe, I think, is often wrong, because the consensus in, in game dev marketing stuff is always just, you know, what. Uh, I think the consensus comes from people read the same articles and then they just repeat it, they do it themselves, maybe they were lucky and they had success, so they, for them that's proof and that those who did the same thing and didn't have success, they will you will never hear of them again. Mm. Um, it's always what worked for the last people. <laughs> yeah, and That's the reason why I really needed you uh, to be my partner in Gendo, because I knew that you you do your own stuff like you do <laughs> you go the way and it's always something i respected and um in the end yeah i am sure i was annoying as hell with <laughs> a lot of stuff i wanted but uh um yeah, but it's also interesting because um it always really can like yeah you have this thing of listening to people's opinions but especially listening to people's criticisms and taking them over mm. your own and that was the thing that always super confused me, like when we started making Wizard, right? Yeah. And I was, you were excited about it, I was excited about it, then you sent it to a couple of friends and one person said, I hate the dragging. And then you were like, the dragging is wrong, we need to change it. And I was like, no, your idea is good. And you got annoyed from me being too supportive of your yeah. design because another person <laughs> criticized you and obviously that had to be right. And that not good with people <laughs> supporting me. <laughs> That's always the thing. The assumption was always you're wrong, and if I tell you you're right, now then I'm just obstructing you. Then yeah, yeah you're the... you're just trying to uh, soothe me. You know, you're not honest with me <laughs> because you don't think I can, um, you know, I can handle the truth. 
And it, that's something I, I have a lot, and I think that's that's because I think because my father was always criticizing me. My mom was always like mm. giving me um, what's that called <laughs> when you're criticized? The opposite praise? of <laughs> praise, right? That's the word. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't, I never felt that that it's sincere praise by my mm. mom. Also, I never, you know, she praised me for stuff that she hasn't got you know any knowledge in like oh you did it really good and but i had this internalized criticism of myself and i always like compared myself to the best of the best and i was like when i starting was starting aikido for example mm. and then they they came to uh, one of the training and they were oh you're really good and i'm like oh no man and I'm, I'm really not i'm, I'm pretty bad i mean <laughs> but the thing is yeah i was i am pretty good at aikido <laughs> They were completely right about that, but I couldn't like accept this because I thought they don't, they have no idea of Aikido, um, and there's so much stuff I'm doing wrong. Um, so yeah, as soon as someone says something supportive, says praise, it in it, deep in inside of me there's something protesting and and not believing them. And um, that's the voice I mean. Yeah. It's not a voice, it's a feeling. It's a real uncomfortable yeah, feeling. Actually, I, I wanted to talk about the voice today. I actually wanted to talk about the last time, then I forgot. Yeah, I would have been a good title, the voice. That's why it's all bullshit, because I'm going to get to that part why I named it Ooh. that. It's about social constructs and stuff, so, you know. Okay. Um, but I think that's part of that. Um, so something I've been thinking about recently is because I talk to a lot of people about a lot of the same stuff that we discuss here. It's always basically, mm. you know, as I work through things and realize new stuff by talking to people, reading or, you know, finding, I found a really good, um, a couple of new channels that I really like. Um, one of them, what was her name? Tara Mooney. Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, Sounds like it's monkey. <laughs> it's the same like the the Anna Akana, uh -huh. which I always read as Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, yeah, she's good. I love her humor. I've seen a couple of videos from her before. I love the the way she's so weird, mm -hmm. but confident in her weirdness. <laughs> and it's and I need a, a bit to to get used to to her just being so weird <laughs> and confident because it didn't compute in my head. Like if you're weird, you need to be really self-conscious, um, and you know all the time, like oh, mm. so weird, like I am. <laughs> and the other one is Madison Brown. Uh, I haven't posted that yet, uh, but that was a lot of really interesting stuff, and also one um, insecurity, self-centered, or something like that. And that was also like. Where do you thought, yeah, that's, that's something I need to send to you. Mm. <laughs> or, 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 or hating yourself or being critical of yourself as egocentric because nobody yeah. thinks of you as much as you do. Yeah. Oh, All, for sure. Everything for you sure. go through, what you could have done wrong, nobody gives a shit. Nobody does. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind of narcissism there that I feel mm. like I need to make it right for everybody because everybody else obviously isn't, can't do it or what's the problem here? <laughs> Like why? Why do I feel the need to to make everybody happy on a party? That's mm. a party. Everybody is supposed to do that for for themselves. 
I mean, that's exactly. And if someone has a problem, they should speak up. That's yeah, yeah. You don't have to be too for comment. They should just say what they need, and then you can you just comment. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yes, so uh, that voice, or what I mean by that voice, because what I think um, is sort of, I think something we don't realize necessarily is that we are not one thing as a personality inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. We kind of feel like, I think, and that's just me, but there's really multiple personalities living inside us. And I think that's also where the... Um, the actual real life disorder comes from of the multiple personality thing, which I think is really called, um, what's it called? Identity dis, uh, dissociative identity disorder. Um, mm -hmm. and I think what that really is, is just an extreme, like basically that as your personality switch, that also your memory switches and stuff like that. Um, and that, that it's basically just an extreme version of what we already have. But we are multiple personalities inside. When we get angry, we're a different personality than we are when we are chill, right? I guess you could frame it like that, yeah. I think you can, because in a way yeah. you also act unlike yourself. And you have to get out of that state. And then you look back and you're kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But in that moment, it's really difficult to, mm. to see because that's just a completely different personality. But the switch is so... It just happens and it feels so normal, natural, that we think of that's all just one thing. Now you go, one AI, but different <laughs> uh, state machine here, state machine, basically. But really, I think it's like Doom Patrol. Like you are Crazy like the Jane. underground. And there is that inner child that all these personalities more or less work for. Mm -hmm. Because, um, I mean, the way we are today. Well, maybe I rooted in. I think we have that 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 real version of ourselves that we would be if we had no no trauma, no restrictions, no you know that's wrong um, mm. imposed on us, and then we have this these these coping mechanisms that we form, how we react today mm. um, as a protective personality, you know, that basically hammerhead comes out to protect that inner child, that when someone criticizes you, that you then you know, to protect that inner child from it. There's something there to say, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, and what about you, or whatever mm. mechanism or which personality comes out. And I think one of them is also a harmful one. And that's basically the one that you describe. I guess everyone, every, every one of these can become harmful, right? Uh, I think most of them are. I think only the inner child is like the one that's pure. Yeah, that's what I, I'd say too. Like, every one of these can become maladapted. Because I think that there is, I mean, we aren't living in a, in a perfect world. And I think mm. that it makes sense that you build up uh, defenses and that yeah, trauma is a necessary part of your self or you, what, what you have become, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we do with therapy and all that stuff is to basically try and remove those protective personalities that we needed that uh, have done us a service in certain situations but haven't done so in others mm. to just get back to who we truly are and to express ourselves freely and yeah, to live an authentic life. I think that's what what we strive for. And And yeah, the... 
the thing is, I believe that because most people I talk to, and I have this myself, and so I feel like that's probably a universal thing, that the easiest mode or the first one that we can come up with is to basically what you talked about, try to predict the abuse that we're going to get inflicted on ourselves so that we already, you know, have removed the brunt of it that we're going to get, have tried to correct everything about ourselves to make us more palatable to the abuser, to basically self-abuse, to escape abuse. Hmm. Preemptive self-abuse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if I... You know, if I tell horrible jokes about myself or something, then nobody else can do it type of thing, right? Or mm. if I, yeah, I'm super critical before I t- even take a thing. That's, I mean, I guess that's ah, something we also both struggle with a lot, with just doing something that worrying so much. Is this good enough? And is it even worth it? And, you know. Yeah, yeah of, of course, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like this. Was a, um, so in our flat, we have to we rotate who does the chores. Mm-hmm. Because it, mine, mine was uh, the bathrooms. And we've now set it to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the days you should do it like in this time frame. And on Monday, I wrote, uh, sorry, I can't do it today. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, on Tuesday, I did it. I was still like one day before, but I I was I preempted, basically, mm. because I didn't want to get called out for the bathroom looks too bad, nice. and I even like met my flatmate. It was only flat one flatmate there, and I told her, and she was like, "What? Uh, no, it's fine. I mean, you have till Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not looking too bad." And I was like, oh, "Why am I?" That way, <laughs> why can't I? Why do I have, uh, you know, because I I did beat myself up because I was trying to get myself on Monday mm-hmm. or Sunday to clean up. So I've got that, you know, behind me. I was beating myself up and nobody else wanted to beat myself up but myself. So this is the maladapted part because yeah, my, my preemptive <laughs> self-abusing is much worse than the one I get from reality. Yeah, and and that way I, I kind of closed my own, um, uh, you know, room. I could. How would you? Um, you mean you restricted that, yourself? Yeah, I restricted myself even to to a point. Yeah, that, that's really hurting me. Mm. You know, and not not doing much else because yeah, you know, it's not necessary because I I learned. Maybe like the the story of the elephant. Uh, if you if you mm. chain an elephant or to a little post when he's small, he will struggle and try to get away, and then he learns that he can't. And then even if he's big, he he won't try it again. That is exactly it. Yeah. And, if and the thing is, you know, the action itself isn't even wrong. I mean, it's good to communicate. It's also good to communicate when you just don't have the capacity or something. Yeah. Just the whole beating up around it and sort of, yeah. That's what I mean. I think that there are some healthy muscles I train. Mm. Like I am very, I think of others a lot. Mm. That's not bad per se, but I'm thinking <laughs> of others too much to the point where I'm not thinking about myself. Mm. Um, that's 
too much and I need to I will curb it a little a yeah. lot <laughs> to, uh, to a reasonable balanced yeah um, and so basically I, I feel like we what we internalize it's basically like a shadow copy of the person that abuses us or the mm. system that abuses us so that we have like this internalized bias the trauma I, basically yeah yeah i also don't hear like an actual voice telling me oh, you suck mm. i just have certain assumptions about myself uh that i can't do this that i can't that if i it's it's gonna be bad um, just something that i assume mm. i don't think about that very consciously uh but it's just i i, I take that for granted basically um and these kinds of biases well that's kind of the thing i'm currently in the process of wrapping my head around just how bullshit everything is like it's all made up literally everything is made up every single thing you can think of there's a made-up component to it even if you say something like the sky is blue the blue part is a social construct that's not a that's not a real thing that's something that we decided on that's a color there's a concept of color uh we determine this by these actual physical properties but we put a lot of stuff on top of it you know <laughs> and it's all bullshit and i think why um why it's so difficult to navigate all this stuff is because obviously when we're, when we're growing up and we're being taught things, we're assuming that we're being taught a truth and an important truth because, I mean, that's what we're told all the time, right? You need to be a certain way to succeed in life. You need to, you need to study hard and then you need to work and then yeah, this, 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 this. That's what you do in life. That's how you decide if you're a valuable member of society. All this crap. Mm. And it's all... Bullshit. None of that is actually real. And there, there's, a, there's a lot of good ideas in there, <laughs> but they are all ideas. <laughs> and just because it's a good idea to, to look out for other people, you know, doesn't mean that that's like the whole truth that you just, that's all you need to do. Like always look out for other people instead of you know, looking out for yourself or being cautious, cautious. It's always like there's no no clean simple truth to any of it there's always it's always um, it's always contextual the context is always like basically the more important part of it you know what I mean I think it's a lot of trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. And of course, we're finding ways to... I do think that we, in general, like to be nice to other people. And I see I've been broken to the point where you think there's only hurt in the world and I want to be the one to inflict it. Mm. But in general, I think we like to be nice to people. But we live in a system that is like built for the opposite. And then we try to make sense of both and we find ways that are both. We find stuff that is good because that's what we want, but we still take the baggage of the abuse with. And there's these weird in-between solutions of, yeah, sure, I'm caring for people, but maybe it's not in a healthy, in an exclusively healthy way. Mm. Um, or anything we do can be 
I think can be done healthily and yeah. toxically. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the the Menge macht das Gift. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Makes the it's about balance. Tox toxic. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I think it's a lot about toxic, and I think what you just said, like the beginning, is a bit too simplified, um, because like the, the we are living in one system. It's like it's a bunch of systems, and they come together. And I think each person lives at a different point and has like different pressures going into like what we are. The systems we are under are different systems as you know someone. Let's say someone rich living in the U.S. or like some Arabian prince or yeah, Bali living in South Africa, and there, there's sure. there, there's like the I think capitalism ha is is over is, is has pretty much the whole world under its grasp now, and it's a huge influence on on all the other systems. Um, yeah, but yeah, I completely agree. You know, I just think. Um, the reason why we have so different traumatas and different experiences is because um, we are being abused by different systems. And I actually think it's the it's not that different. It's just different expressions of the same thing. I mean, through the oneness of colonization, pretty much all the same religious, uh, gender, sexual stuff is pretty worldwide. And I feel like the only people who have escaped that are like these small tribes that live on an island or deep in mm. the jungle where there's some protections at least still to leave these people alone. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no, there's an amazing trying to get at this well, because I was hmm? sorry, was that the video of Philosophy Tube where about heterosexuality and that that wasn't a thing? Was that something no, else? that was the Taramuni. Ah, right, yeah. Yep, and that was... That's really interesting, actually, how much gender is not a real thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally just... We're just being told, okay, you're gonna be raised to act like this, and you're gonna be raised to act like this, but it's literally like... We just picked some very small details and very random details. Like, even biological sex is not real. It's also just a decision made based on. It's also an abstraction of very complex factors. Right. I mean, they say you're a ma male and female. These are like our imaginary things we put on top. Yes. And there, there are like penises and vaginas and sure. a lot of stuff in between. Yeah. That's just not as. Um, yeah, and the chromosomes. Doesn't happen as often, you know, the chromosomes, right? There are like different combinations, like I uh, think 60, six, 80, something, a lot. Uh, I, th I think there's, there's, I thought there were nine combinations of which only six actually live. Yeah, right, it's possible, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it's certainly more than two. And that still is like, what is that, like a percent of the genome? that we have so we like we picked out yeah a dust speck and said this is different i mean if you look <laughs> if you look at it uh, another way like uh, women are double x mm -hmm. is is what the biology says right um and men are x y but y is just like a crippled x mm -hmm. version so 
the the difference is just really big and i think like back back in our tribal history past i think men and, and women were differently socialized and i don't think it would have been a problem for like I don't know. Maybe it was would be a problem. Maybe that, that was never a question. Like, how do you want to be socialized? You want to be like more of the uh, hunters or more thing. But we have like historic records that there have been um, that it wasn't like as clean cut as some people like to believe. That it was like all the men were hunters, all mm. the women were. So, and I think the more we found words for everything and structured the world and organized it the more it felt like that's that's the true nature of things that's how it has to be and everything that doesn't fall into this explanation we have is an aberration is mm. is something abnormal and yeah in that sense definitely um, gender is a construct <laughs> <laughs> um, and the way I mean and the way we socialize our women and men is also just such a recent phenomenon mm -hmm. like this the stuff like the greek held uh, or the like uh, that's just what i know i know the greek or the, the ancient japanese <laughs> that's uh, it's a completely different um concept of masculinity for example and what's masculine or not and, and i think a lot of it is being exacerbated, 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 yeah, exacerbated, ex ex is exacerbated by uh, the capitalism and this individualism that only serves uh, to make us consumers. You know, we need like a, a male deodorant and a female deodorant. And so, so we, we need to have have like really fabulous and fixed ideas of what manly is and what. You know, and uh, what womanly. So women get like the rose petals, and men get the gun, gunmetal deodorant. <laughs> Which, you know, it's, 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 uh, like at a at a point right now, it's, it's frankly ridiculous. You know, that's the thing. It's all ridiculous. It's basically all astrology. Yeah, <laughs> uh, people just deciding. Oh, that means something. I mean, there are stars. <laughs> that's completely true. It's, it's right. And yes, you can call that. Uh, you know the the big wagon. That's but that's made up, and that it means anything because you were born on it. That's also made up, and yeah. and so is everything. So is our entire society, and we structure how we treat people around these ideas. Mm. And I feel like this realization, to me, feels helpful because of all this "what am I doing wrong" type of thing, knowing that it's measured against astrology. Yeah. You know, and if you ask, I mean, you you are especially, you have this thing about abiding by rules, yeah. right? And if you're really like, and you judge yourself by your adherence to these rules. Oh, yeah. I, if I walk at night, nobody's there about the red uh, uh, light. I I feel a tinge of, of uh, uncomfortable shame, I guess. <laughs> and fear. It's mostly fear. That, like the police will come around and say, "Oh, you did that wrong." I mean, I guess part of that is uh, trying to escape abuse, mm -hmm. so to not give an abuser the option to abuse you by abusing yes. yourself. 
But police um, is an abuser. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point of them. Um, that's true. Not like they help or prevent anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like teachers, basically, in that I that realm. I mean, you, as a teacher, you can be just you know, teaching stuff, but I've I've come to learn teachers as abusers. Mm. Ah, yeah. But yeah, but if you really think about these rules, why they are there and why they reflect on who you are, why you judge yourself according to these rules, and then you realize, crap, I'm only, you know, judging myself against what a Virgo is supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do feel there's something freeing and infuriating about that. <laughs> just realizing how bullshit everything is just makes me more mad. Isn't it weird that, that we somehow already knew that all the time? Like yep. the cool people are those who don't care about the rules, who live by their own rules. It's <laughs> like the ideal. I mean, I guess that's also a construct then. Um, it is, but that's who you respect, right? Someone who's himself, like the authentic people. You look at them and you think like, oh, I want to be like that. and that, But you're, you're, you're like, okay, then I need I to do... that's like, what you hope for, but everything. what you're attracted to is the confidence. I hmm. think confidence is the thing that's actually the most attractive thing uh, in the world. And maybe it's because we're also not. So that we're just, oh, this person knows the secrets. So I want to know what they know. Hmm. But, in, but I feel like oftentimes, I mean, that's the thing with cool people, right? They just act a certain way. They get then describe the thing, yeah, and then you me. think, "Oh my God, look at them! They're so the themselves." Fantasy, the fantasy is that, right? Yes, because you think if they're confident, they have sure, good reason. I'm sure there are cool people who, who just <laughs> got it right. You know, there have to has to be like one or two. No, the coolest people I know are all the people who are just uh, unashamedly themselves. Hmm. And that's yeah. that's also what's so you know um, always so inspiring, you know, about queer culture or something. People who say in the face of all this abuse. Oh, fuck you, I'm just gonna be myself. I was wondering why that is so, that speaks so much to me despite my straightness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I didn't find a good <laughs> adjective. Mm. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like my extreme straightness. <laughs> Super straightness? Yeah, I want, didn't want to use that word <laughs> for some reason or another. But yeah. no. Confidence is... But you've already said that you're not super straight, so... No, no, no. I, I we don't want to legitimize that bullshit, basically. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's even more bullshit than the other stuff. And it's such bullshit. It's like saying, you know what? No, I'm going to commit doubly hard to astrology. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a Leo, so... <laughs> <laughs> Only Leos for me. Or whatever <laughs> the horoscope says, what I'm compatible with. Yeah. Only with Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But confidence—that's that's—it's like a magic wand yeah. or a magic power that makes such a huge difference in so many different circumstances. Hundred percent. Yeah. I had this just a couple of days ago uh, when uh, my flatmate bought a repeater for her prax for her praxis for her office. Um, practice that would be yeah and um, I told her yeah, it's completely easy just you know read the instructions do what I tell you uh, it took me it took me once or twice to get a running an hour setup but you know it's it's pretty explanatory it's not self-explanatory but it's explained clearly 
uh, yeah, she came back to me. Oh, it didn't work. Uh, can you come over? Like, I'm going to pay you for that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, you, I can't do that, but it's really not necessary. And I, and I showed her, like, the because we have the same setup, I showed her, like, the instructions and I told her, look at this. And she was like, ah, I didn't find that one button. So there was, like, a button that's called VPA slash something else. And uh, on, uh, on our... Uh, Fritzbox is VPA and then underneath in smaller is the other word. There's no slash. Mm. And I did the same mistake. And I just told her, look, this is the button. You hold that for six seconds. Everything's going to work out. And she's okay. She's going to try it once. And then if, if it doesn't work, you know, she's going to call me. And I was like, yeah, sure, do. And of course, it worked like a charm. But she didn't have the confidence to just try it once more. Like read through the stuff, think about something else. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's um, it's confidence. I told her it's confidence. You just you just need to do it. You didn't have to to call. You know, you don't have to call me or anything because you can do all the stuff I can do. There's no magic to yeah. to like hardware software stuff it's just trial and error that's all i do trial and error and if i don't know what to do i i google it that's exactly it. when people ask me how do you learn programming yeah. it's just google yeah. i don't know anything duck, I, duck, go, if you want a better <laughs> alternative that's what i use because uh, fuck mm. google yeah but no i i duck duck go everything like how many times I've looked up how to use a list or a dictionary or something. Oh, every time. <laughs> every it's not time. even hard. It's just... <laughs> I don't know the exact uh, uh, syntax. And I tried once and then I Google uh, duck it. I duck it so hard. <laughs> Stack Overflow, says Vendesil. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, that, that's how I program. I read Stack Overflow. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Um, that's absolutely the thing, and that's that's how these made-up categories, you know, fuck shit up and reinforce themselves through the life. That's the thing. I need a word. I haven't found it. I'm sure it exists. I just can't. I don't know how to Google it. Um, and that's basically for trying to make these um, these social constructs, these made-up things, trying to make them hard science, to make them objective, so that. You know, you're not telling someone your opinion of you should act this way because I think so. But you tell people you should act this way because that's the only right way. God says so. Science says so. But it's definitely an authority beyond me. So you can't argue with what I want from you. (laughs) And this process, you know, I mean, women are told they don't understand math. And so I meet many women who believe that. The funny thing is like, I know that, uh, that like in school, women have better better uh, grades than men. Also in math, yeah. <laughs> it's just at some point they they don't have the confidence anymore. And yes. it's, yeah, it's I'm sure it's a society telling them that's uh, for the men who think in systems more, mm. and maybe that's right. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, it's just we, yeah, we do it more because we've been taught to do it more while they've been discouraged to do it. So, yeah, technically we do that more, 
but because we do it, you know, that's yeah. the... It's <laughs> reinforcing itself. It's not genetic, it's social, social yeah, conditioning. A lot of that stuff that, that these social roles, they are self-reinforcing. Mm. Everybody, like most people adhere to them and that is now the reason why this is the only way to go because we've done it in the past like this. So it's, uh, it's a rule now. Statistically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that's also you know uh, an ex of mine. You know, also had this thing. He was like, "Yeah, I can't do math at all." And I was like, "Of course you can. You know, you're smart." And, and I was like, "Okay, let me show you that you can do this." And so we got a test from somewhere, and we both tried to do it. And I got the I get the trains thing wrong a lot. I don't. I, that confuses me. You know, trains? a train start oh, in that city. Oh, it goes this fast, and when oh. do they meet? And she got it right. And but did it convince her? It didn't convince her that she can do it, and it didn't convince me that I can't do it. <laughs> Great. You know, yeah. I did not stress at all about getting that wrong because you know I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> But of course, you know, I have that same thing where you know, when I sit down and there's a difficult task and then I don't want to do it because I'm like, I, I probably can't do that or... I, yeah, I know that. Uh, that's a, a if you just did it, If you just did it, you would be just done, you know? If you just started, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is the phase I, I have a lot that I'm thinking and I think it's it's that's a natural programming phase. I'm sure Vanessa can uh, concur. Yeah, I'll take a beer as well. Mm. That you, at first you think, ah, it's a, I can't do that, I'm way too stupid. And then you just try an error a bit, and then you find a solution, then you think you're the king of everything. <laughs> and then you start the next problem, and again you think like, oh, it's impossible, I'm way too, too stupid to do any of that. And then, yeah, try an error a bit, Google, find out how it goes, and then you're back on your throne again, thinking you can do anything. <laughs> But it's an up and down, up and down. Why? I don't know. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But yeah, in the end, I think actually nothing outside of us matters. It's all in the within. Mm. And yes, of course, things like treating people well matters on some level. But I feel like also that matters mostly because that's that's kind of a a true need that i believe we all have yeah and maybe it gets beaten out of some but um i think they still have it but they like they I really think, find who that should apply to i think often you you have something inside of your hurts but if you don't know what it is or you're un incapable of of healing it you just do other stuff to make it hurt less, so you never find the the actual, you know, part that's missing, which might be a human connection. And even shit people have friends, and then they lift those I mean, up. And yeah, it's not like like myself. I'm doing, you know, I'm stressing out a lot to have security, but that's the reason why I never feel secure. Yeah, it's all about in here. If you like yourself. And if you rest within yourself, then the surroundings, they don't matter. And I think that's what I was trying to get at a couple episodes ago when I was saying, 
nothing that happens is ever bad. I think what I try to get at with that, if you act authentically, then happen what may, it can never be wrong. Hmm. Even if wrongs are done to you, as long as you don't start to believe them, and if you treat yourself well, you can't control, basically, hmm. how the world is. You can't control how people treat you, but you can certainly make a decision about how you treat yourself. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that's why I'm thinking it's all about the inside. How I treat others is really about the inside. And that's like a, also like a, um, a ancient wisdom that in lo a lot of uh, religions and philosophies yeah. comes up that it's uh, you decide how you react on things, like how hard you beat yourself up. You can, and it's completely valid if something bad happens to you. <laughs> you know, say, "Oh, that's great! Yeah, give me more of that." You can, <laughs> but you can say like that was that was bad that it happened to me. Yeah. But that's it, you know, you don't have to cling to it and you don't have to beat yourself up <laughs> the years before in anticipation if, you know, whether something bad could happen to you or not. And then <laughs> after it happened, like beat yourself up that, about all the things you did wrong to make it happen and how bad it really is. What, you know, it's you know, what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah. I do think there's a thing, I think that's important to realize that we, how we treat ourselves and the, just the truths we believe about ourselves, mm. that this is something abusive towards ourselves, mm. the, you know, because it feels like such a normal thing to do. Of course, I question myself because otherwise, how am I going to know if what I'm doing is selfish or whatever? I have to, I have to question my, but then, you know, I mean, I feel like, Again, there's a healthy way to do that because if you never question yourself at all and you just do what you want, I feel like there's potential for... <laughs> unless what you want is caring about other people's feelings as well. <laughs> But... Uh, well, then, I don't know if that's, again, too problematic because <laughs> that's all you want. Because um, that's all you want. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. You know, if you put yourself in the position of having to justify your worth or to... Uh, earn it by being of service to others or something that presupposes an internal bias of I'm not good enough, I have to work harder. Yeah, I have to do something mm, to mm. make up for it. And that's that's like a really cruel um, yeah. position to have on yourself that you have to make up for who you are. What a fucked up thing to just yeah. accept. Is that something you tell your child like... <laughs> What do you got to offer, huh? huh? <laughs> so why are you telling that to your inner child? Yeah. yeah. And the, the thing is, for me, it's a lot uh, about screwing up, forgetting stuff um, that I'm just like deathly afraid of. Um, but why? Yeah, why? What bad things have happened from the times that that has happened? Well, I'm, I am afraid of just being us. Tractized, give me the word. Ostracized. Exacerbated. Ostracized. Ostracized. Gotta learn this after the podcast. <laughs> Both C words. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Hmm. Uh, I've read them a lot, but I just never really uh, pronounced them, really. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, What was I going to say? 
Um, uh, mm. About what truths you accept about yourself. I think that was one of the last things I said. Why would you treat your inner child that yeah. way if you wouldn't treat the child that way? Exactly. Yeah, well, why would I treat myself like harsher than I would treat any of my flatmates? You know, if any of my flatmates forget to or don't, you know, if the bathroom, you know, looks bad and it's not Wednesday, hmm. I would bother them about that. I mean, if it's really bad, I'd say something, but like in a friendly manner, you know, I wouldn't like... Um, yeah, and if you then found out that they're not okay, then, you know, it wouldn't be like yeah, I'd offer them a problem or anything, right? I can right? do it for you if it's hard right now. <laughs> and yeah, but I'm denying myself that. <laughs> and the, the problem this... with that is also that when you then get positive feedback, you can never take that on board because that bias doesn't allow it. Yeah, of course. I'm, I've, of course, <laughs> people <laughs> like me because I'm doing my best to do everything right. And as soon as I let go of that, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to hate me for it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's so hard to be. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. I think we are we're kind of doing good. You know? We are doing good. Because Finally. nobody... Nobody told us this. No. They tried really hard. I mean, I did, I did read, read a lot of like Eastern philosophy that kind of told this, but not in a way I could like internalize it. And that's it also... Was, this. It, that's a problem, right? Because everything I read, like all the self-help books, I only try to um, adhere to their rules superficially to do everything right and be happy because i thought i think being happy is something i have to do for other people <laughs> so they are not sad about me mm. that's why i have trouble like telling people ah, i'm not feeling i'm not feeling good you know mm. if i'm really feeling bad i don't tell people because i don't want to make them sad for mm. me <laughs> <laughs> oh god and that's, that's so hard. You know, I, I could have read like a million self-help books and never got this. What I needed was, you know, was all the work, the therapy, our, um, our talks. And, and this, this hole I fell into this week kind of, kind of made a couple of points really clear again. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, you said that earlier, um, how much of this we actually already knew. Mm -hmm. And that's also something I just find so interesting because I'm now understanding things, the same things, but on a new level. Yeah. Like, I've heard all this stuff from this week before, but I never, like, grasped it. And, like, when I started therapy, you know, the first thing I heard was about the inner child, but I never really understood it on this level, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, I think we have to go over these things just to be able to p put this piece into our puzzle that our brain is, uh, and it only can... You know, attached to this part of it, and I mean, our brain doesn't work like um, a computer where you just save a file and then it's there forever. Mm -hmm. You need it's it's more like a piece of wood, and you need like to to sand it off in the right way. And if you've got like a, a weird nick in there, you gotta do some work. You gotta go over it like hours and hours on end to really smooth it out. And the deeper the cut is, the more work there has to be done. It's not just a matter of 
reading something and go, oh, oh, yeah, now I get it. No, your the crack in your brain is still there. You mm. need to sand it away or fill it up with something healthier. Yeah, and I guess it's I guess it's generally just a difficult thing to look at things outside of your experience and really understanding it. It's probably nigh impossible. Um, but I'm just thinking of you know because you read all these self help books but you read them through the lens of your bias, mm. right? You're not re reading it to challenge that bias. You're just looking, how can I incorporate it, that into my bias because that's going to help? Never realizing that the bias exists and that it's a problem. Mm. And how would you be able to? Because that's that's your lived experience. That's all you know. Yeah, It's really hard to break through all these things and, and gain the perspective that you were just not... I mean, how would you how would you know? We can't like always question everything all the time. We would go insane with the microscopic detail. No, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Going insane, that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been I've been on that path of questioning everything to the point where I yeah was going insane. Um, but the thing is you don't have to get it right away no you can just get the surface level at first and it's great like the best books you can read are those you can read again and then find new stuff in there or movies as well i mean games probably too mm. but especially like self good self-help books and good um there are not a lot of good self-help books that do that but like good philosophy especially like the eastern stuff you read that once and in some parts of you they resonate then you read it again a couple years later and nothing resonates and then you read it again a couple years later and now it resonates really because <laughs> now you've got like a deeper level that's fascinating it uh, tells me that, that uh, we are not the first who've gone this path um, <laughs> yeah. can unfortunate that um, that's not part of how we are brought up but oh, yeah, I don't know guess it's a little bit late in, in this world to <laughs> um, want something like that. But that's something I also think about a lot. You know, if if I ever have children, I'm just gonna, you know, be real with them as much as I understand myself mm -hmm. from the beginning. And I'm super interested to see what that's gonna do. You know, like some of these topics, I feel this internalized thing of it's not something you can tell children. They're going to be scared and, you know. <laughs> Why should they? They're going to understand what they can, you know, and what they can't understand, they're just not going to understand. But I mean, there's so much, you know, horror in the world, you know, and... Uh, you don't need to tell them about, like... But I, mean, I feel like I do. It's, it's what, what's what comes up. You tell them what comes up, Right. But I want the grandma dies. You, you're gonna tell them about death. You're not just, you know. No, I'm gonna one, tell them. one morning tell them about death. <laughs> not sure as it comes up, but I feel like it would come up. You know, when I <laughs> when I talk to my eight year old niece who barely speaks English, you know, I tell her about capitalism and corporations and shit. Because that's just what comes up when she asks me, "Do you like Adidas?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not into corporations." <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I don't yeah, actually that's think. Important. I think that. 
that's not too too early. So. No, but uh, you know, I, I, I imagine your, your I would I would I would tell them like literally everything and the complexity of everything right from the start, whether they understand or not, because mm -hmm. I am I am actually bad at dumbing things down, because I always assume that people already know what I know. It's like my default um, mode of mm. conversing with people, and so I feel like and I should probably. It's just it, it happens normally, and I use words that are way too big, and like I have to actually like. But then I also feel like, ah, that's a person; she'll pick it up. Because yeah. um, I think that's also another thing where we were talking about there was school recently, but these social constructs of making a certain size of person less worth and less capable of making their own decisions and all that stuff is also very very weird i mean it is true that children are less capable of making decisions um and there was a time when children were um were thought of and used like little adults and that's certainly wrong as well but um yeah we've come around to to the opposite end, where we are kind of infantilizing children and we're not giving them um, the respect and um, I don't know the the we don't we are not listening to them like we should. I mean, just look at Fridays for Future. Mm. Oh yeah. So because they are children, they don't know, but yeah, there are the people who will suffer both of that. And uh, yeah, oh, I just read today, I'm sorry, yeah. oh, the MIT, that's like a bullshit headline that just makes you, gets you in a bad mood, but the MIT predicted that uh, society will collapse in this, um, in this uh, millennium, no, it's not a millennium, century, century, right, in this century. And um, yeah, they predicted it like, I don't know, nearly a hundred years ago. And it looks we are like we are on track. Sure. Yeah. So that's <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, well, I, guess, I guess it was a good decision for you to not have children, uh, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And um, yeah, and I think that we should listen more to the children and uh, not, you know, just just treat them like people they are people that's the thing and they don't can't it's not that they can't make don't can what stop one two three <laughs> it's not like they can't make decisions but of course they can't make decisions if we haven't taught them the things that they're deciding on otherwise what separates a 15 year old from a 25 year old from a 35 year old from a 45 year old and we say at some point yeah yeah all the, the i mean in our 20s mm -hmm. even now what the fuck do we know about anything well, like who can say yeah, now we're competent to make decisions we're idiots and in 10 years we're gonna look back and we're gonna say what young idiots we were i don't think so you don't think you were an idiot in your 20s i was such Wait. an idiot in my 20s yes I always think I was an idiot, but I never think I am one now. Yes, and I'm telling you, in 10 years, you're going to look at this time, you're going to think, wow, what an idiot I was. Oh, I'm sure about that. So why? But right now. <laughs> so why are you allowed to make any decisions right now, even though you're an incompetent fool, comparatively to in 10 years? Um, that Why can't children do that? It's literally just because we take away all the information, we lie to them it's, about it's, bullshit. It's not that easy. 
that this is a part, and you're you're right about that. But you can't uh, forget that the brain takes a while to develop, and it takes until you are about twenty-one until the brain doesn't grow that fast anymore. I think twenty-one is probably like a good um, break-off point, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, um, you know, treat them like people. But uh, you can. And what does brain development have to do with the capacity to make a decision? A lot, because you need your brain to make decisions, and there but it's are... not like your brain is incapable no, of no. making decisions before it's fully formed. Well, I mean, there are different. There's a lot of science behind that stuff. You know that that's something um, we have studied uh, when pe when children are capable of different stuff, like children aren't capable of. Um, seeing uh, or recognizing themselves in a mirror up until they are a certain age. Children, if you give a ch child like one cookie and tell them, so I'm gonna give you a second one if you wait five minutes and don't eat that, this one, and then you go out of the room, at a certain age they will always eat a cookie and at the, the, the age afterward they will always wait. And that... That is not always. Children do that differently and i think it depends on what they've been taught obviously if all they've been taught you only get the cookie right now and they don't know the concept is of it, hmm? is it is it some more recent studies or is that your idea no no i've read about these studies oh. like i don't know in what context it's, it's long ago but i definitely know that not all children hmm. react the same way and the difference i would say I mean, sure, even if that were an experiment, the question is, what have these children been taught before? And of course, if all they know is beep, beep, boo, boo, and nothing and else, I, then that's... I understood it. So I understood it that um, the concept of planning to the future, that's like one of the things um, children are only capable of at a certain... Uh, until they have, uh, have a certain age, you know? So they aren't really capable of thinking into the future. But you're right. And a lot of the, the science, especially the old science papers, mm -hmm. uh, are just one culture, like one cohort, and then they get like uh, cited everywhere until everybody, every science <laughs> yeah. uh, person thinks that's like the rule. Like with the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm. You know that one? Yeah. So Dunning-Kruger means um, is that people that uh, are... The less you know about a subject, the more you think you know about a subject. Simplified, yes, exactly. <laughs> but that's not true for every culture. Mm. In Japanese or Asian cultures, for example, nobody thinks they know anything. <laughs> they would never say it. It doesn't matter how much they know about a the topic. They will always say they don't know really a lot of it. Mm. And yeah, so I, I guess this is knowledge that might be wrong, but that's how I understood it. And I'm sure that there's some component of it. I just, I just don't want you to, you know, break it down to a point where it's so simplified. I mean, a baby can't do decisions, right? You can't go to a baby and say, like, what do you think about capitalism? Yeah, but I mean, and of course they need guidance. But I mean, that never stops. I mean, you still ask me my opinions on things. I ask you your opinions on things. Because we still need guidance. Right? And so I think I children think need guidance, and they probably need a lot, because there's a lot of complexity to understand. I mean, you need the tools, you know, you need to be taught the tools to think Absolutely. stuff. But these tools, they can also be taught. Because, I mean, what we experience is, that's right, 
that's wrong and that keeps changing depending on the mood and all your learning the, is basically just you're stupid and, and just do what the people who have all the authority say and you kind of accidentally develop these tools because suddenly then you're expected to know all of them even though you haven't been taught them um and i think you know children i mean that's i mean that's also such a common thing you know to be like oh children are so smart and it's they're just people they know what you teach them they have the capacity to process and sure some nuance will be lost to them and we we are still learning nuance about so many things so many decisions that we make you know especially as we uncover um you know our own privileges and stuff like that and sure we need that information to factor it in but i still feel you know i mean kids live under a parental dictatorship and I feel like it could be more of a conversation that respects the capacity that they have, filling in the experience and knowledge that you have, but explaining it, talking to them about it. And in the end, they're gonna. I, I believe that children can make the decision, you know, even if they don't fully understand it, even if they're just doing it too because they notice that you think it's a good idea. But I feel like if you treat kids like that, you know, I've met I've met three year olds who are really like not there. Mm. You know, it's that it's that weird thing where you do you know what I mean? Sort of you look into their eyes and they're just kinda of like they're daydreaming and you can't really talk they to them. They they are concentrating. They're just they're just their kind own of world. They're just there. <laughs> and then you have uh, I've met two year olds who are super articulate and funny and stuff, and you can just tell that the parents talk differently to them. Mm-hmm. That basically the do-do-da-da, you know, they take a while to like really learn how to be a person because all that taught is do-do-da-da. And other people, they just talk to their children like normal and then they pick up the language faster. They develop really complex thinking mm-hmm. skills, you know, where you think, holy shit, a two-year-old just said that to me. It's like... <laughs> and yeah. I would yeah. be interested to see how that would go I'm just, you know, that's a human being. I'm just going to talk to them exactly like I talk to everybody else. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm just going to tell them about the world, how it is. Mm. Not how it would be nice to let them be kids for a while. Mm. (laughs) That bullshit where you suddenly then are thrown into a world that is nothing like the things you were taught. That's a hard thing to do. Mm. Um, Because you, you are... You are always like having the pressure of other parents as well, and they <laughs> and they will, they will shun you, and then the friend, the kid will not have any friends if it constantly blurbs out that uh, Santa is dead, <laughs> Santa doesn't exist, and God That's is dead. <laughs> I also think about it. I will of course tell them this is home talk. Some yeah, people yeah. they are different. Some yeah. people they act like this. Some people don't want to. They want to like create it, and mm. we'll see. But what helps there is my own confidence in not being deterred in anything. And if anything, I will change those other parents more than that they will change me. <laughs> I'd love to see that. It should be fun. <laughs> Sounds like a good uh, uh, setup for a TV show. All I need is money. <laughs> and children. <laughs> I need money to get children. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the thing. And then once I have them, then I'm going to capitalize on it. Yeah, maybe I'm going to do a TV show about our lives, you know, sort of like Blackish or something. <laughs> um, speaking of studies, did you read the study that you sent me? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, well, I read the article mm-hmm. and the blurb of the study. Mm. The abstract. I read this study and it's so interesting. I love reading studies. It's such a, it's such a confusing world. Um, I have no idea what these little ends mean. You know, there's a bunch of countries listed, and there's like n equals nine, an n of five. Ah, oh, right, uh, the n value. Ah, yes, the n value. Yeah, <laughs> that's something to do with the size of your. Um, so, uh, something with the sample size. Or something. Yeah, sample size. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not completely <laughs> sure what oh, it I means actually. <laughs> but I've heard it lots of times. <laughs> But yeah, so because what we were talking about recently was um, crap TV. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's it's gonna be nah. That's gonna be the crabatorium, right? That is basically crap TV. That like is crap TV. Like an aquarium, just your kids are in there. <laughs> anyway, what what yeah? Yes, so we were talking about uh, does uh, what what basically um, radio waves, cell phone mm-hmm. usage uh, does that cause cancer? And so there's or a new tumors, tumors, uh, tumors, cancer. I think they're not necessarily the same thing. It was a bit confusing for me as well. There was mm-hmm. a lot about Good cancer, question. but cancer multiplies t- tumors multiply. Do you get? I mean, tumors? cancer means that cells are getting corrupted, right? Yeah, and that they like multiply, but that's a t- is that a tumor then? Well, if they multiply, then the thing that forms is a can is a tumor, tumor isn't it? right? Okay, so tumors may be benign, not cancer, ah. or malignant, cancer. Okay. So malignant tumors are cancer. Benign tumors are not cancer. Okay, okay. So Weird. my mom, my mom had a malign in her head. Uh. Malignant or benign? Benign. <laughs> malign. <laughs> Something in between. <laughs> malign is talking badly about. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was thinking about That could be a cool, cool name for something. <laughs> malign. Maybe like an indie punk band. And yeah, so I read the thing. It's a, it's a meta study of a bunch mm-hmm. of studies that have been done. Um, so looking up some of the things and what they analyzed is mostly um, mostly two series of studies that has been done. One by, I think it was Hastel uh, Research Group and one of Interphone, which was funded by the mobile phone industry, but under the stipulation that they don't interfere in any, or that, that's still a free design. But that's of course, what they say, yeah. but of course, and that's also what they mention, which I love. I love uh, this sort of stuff that they keep mentioning it. In the end, say um, it's been funded by the industry. the The stipulation was that the studies be to be designed freely uh, of influence. But of course, the researchers also want to work after this project, so exactly. there could be hidden exactly. uh, pressures. And it's also funny because um, I mean, for the most part. It seems the problem was more with the design of the study because what they found is that uh, telephone use is beneficial. Mm. <laughs> Weird how that works. Yeah. Small margin, but the way um, the study was designed was basically they didn't have um, blind interviews, so the people knew whether they were in the control group or not. 
Okay. And they received yeah. also biased answers that or answers that seem implausible. You know, people in the control group saying they use their phone 12 hours a day every day, like talking on the phone 12 hours a day mm-hmm. every day, which seems like nonsense, right? And so that skewed it in a way that they discovered a beneficial effect. Mm. Um, but in the more well-designed ones, they have discovered um, that if you have... Okay, so there's this thing called the odds ratio, and that basically says how many more times likely you are to get something compared to someone who never uses it, right? Yeah. So the it's kind of base to value is mobile one. phones today, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in their tests, they found an odds ratio of 1.5. That means you are... 50% more likely... To, to develop a brain tumor. tumor yeah. But of course... All, that also needs context. 50% more likely. What does that mean? And so I looked that up as well. What's the chance of get, getting a tumor? Uh, it's 1%. Hmm. So, so even... 1.5%. Yeah. So your so your risk is basically still minuscule. And I was, was looking, okay, so what... Then it interested me, you know, what... Um, what are some other things that are bad for us like? So I looked up smoking, and that's over 100. So the odds ratio there is 113 or more if you smoke like a pack a day or something. So you are over over 10,000% as likely to get lung cancer when you smoke. Okay, so lung cancer is probably... Uh, Only through smoking? That doesn't one, exist otherwise? Oh, no, 0% otherwise. I don't know if it's zero zero, but I think uh, smoking is the yeah. But, but you the get only you get up to a hundred percent if you smoke enough. You can go beyond. Oh, beyond, way beyond. So so your your tumors get tumors. <laughs> That's basically from uh, from basically any. Oh hi, That's my wife hey, joining uh, us, and I'm just just as I'm talking about smoking, and I'm very glad you quit because looking up those numbers is terrifying. Yeah, me too. I always so. don't get how people that are, you know, um, Ooh, oh, nice. airport. Are you already checked in? Did everything work out okay? No trouble? It's all about that base. Mm. No trouble. <laughs> ah, not yet. Well, keep us updated. Yes. yes, my wife is coming this side today, arriving tomorrow. So that should be nice. Oh yeah, she tested negative. We did the test ne- uh, yesterday. Came back negative, so that's good. Well, it's kind of what I suspected. <laughs> uh, I was nervous because I didn't really believe that the first one was real. It's uh, <laughs> weird coincidence, but well, I guess so. Um, but yeah, so yeah, with cell phones, we're talking about one point five. With smoking, we're talking about one hundred thirteen. So yeah, hmm. hectic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, but smoking is not good for you. <laughs> yeah, I went to the radio waves and and all the the wavy stuff, Bluetooth, mm. um, Wi-Fi. The thing is, it's not long enough that we really know the long term stuff, and also we don't know, you know, the the combination. If you've got like Bluetooth in your room, Wi-Fi in your room, maybe you've got Wi-Fi above you and beneath you, and then um, you know radio waves are there anyway. 
And then you've got like the electrostatic stuff from your PC and from your uh, monitor. And then uh, additionally, you you use your phone a lot. And uh, I'm I'm sure it's not as bad um, as a lot of the hippies make it, make it out to be. But personally, I'm kind of yeah, I want to do everything right, you know. <laughs> so I I want to minimize that to to the point where I'm not like putting additional uh, radiation in into my room. But you know, uh, my ex girlfriend uh, was also really really concerned about it to to a point where it was, and I think I, I, I took a lot of that with me. Mm. You know, that that's kind of a reason why I'm so uh, conscious about all this, this things because there I had to, you know, plug out the Wi-Fi if we go to bed and stuff like that. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna fuck a person up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you do but, 10 years with this person, yeah, it's gonna leave some marks. <laughs> well, the, the calming factor of this, I find, is that... Yeah, 1.5 on 1% is not that lot to begin with. And it, this number is already only if you use it for 1,000 hours or more. I think it's 17 minutes a day or something? For 10 years, yeah. Hmm. And that's calling. Like, actually have it on your ear. Because if you have it on your hand, yeah. like we do nowadays with FaceTime and everything. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. You have to be, like, right by the source. So Plus, I think it's a, it's a different if you use... Uh, um, Wi-Fi to call, yeah. Or if you it, yeah, it's actually specifically call about yeah. cell phone, not about the other stuff. Um, that's also one of the. Um, well, we need to find out more things because they only look. They don't look at other factors of other toxins ingested. Mm. They don't look at what analog phones or like wireless phones or something what mm. they contribute and so. So they have the usual. We need more research at the end as well. That's always the case. I mean, and that's correct too, too well, many so factors, too many yeah. factors, especially today where we have just so many products. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all the combinations. And but yeah, but basically there's a quick fall off with these things. So mm -hmm. unless you have it like right by your brain yeah. all the time, then, you know, yeah, we are, we are surrounded by, you know, all this uh, radiation and I have a Wi-Fi thing back there, you know, all types of things. Uh, mm. And, of course, the general radio waves that I guess are just flying around everywhere. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's, it's just the, the hot spot, you know, the closer you get. Uh, because it's sending. That's the problem. And you get to the full range of it and otherwise you just get like, a, like half a percent of it. Yeah. That's... That's why the reason if you um, if you live near to these masks that are actually sending, not just receiving, then apparently the cancer rates are higher. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of like um, a lot of fear around that. Um, that I think is exacerbated. <laughs> By um, all these these new age alternative medicine people, who just kind of I think of them nowadays kind of like all the alt right stuff because they are just against 
they don't need any any they don't need a lot of arguments they just need to ask some questions hmm. and be against uh, stuff that's new and be cautious um and yeah exploit people uh, create fear using that and then exploit that i know everybody's doing that of course but uh, i've seen enough um yeah and people get crazy go crazy i mean if you're like my ex-girlfriend who, who who's really afraid of all these radiation around you and you can't you can't um argue with her about that you know sure that's a shame mm -hmm. but yeah reading studies is fascinating it's such a weird language it's almost boring, but it also really isn't. Hmm, I like that quite a lot. Like falling down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, I also feel like it's just good to really get into that um, to that mode of like really trying to understand what things mean. Because, you know, you read, okay, we found hmm. significant evidence that links these things. Right? Headlines are the worst, yeah. And then you're like, okay, what does that mean? A 50% increase uh, in cancer <laughs> if you telephone 17 minutes a day. That's the headline I think I read. Yeah. And I was like, what? wait a minute. Is that right? And it turns out, yeah, it is kind of right. But it is, uh, it is true. I didn't, but I didn't then, look up the, the 1%. But then what chance. does that mean? And what is significant? You know, Significant in that case just means... It's that noise. Yeah, there is an uh, there is an uh, an actual correlation. A correlation, yeah. But the correlation can also be minuscule. So and it could be the other way around. Could also people that have cancer are just you know they, they just, just like to, to phone more phone a lot <laughs> with their yeah with their uh, they haven't phoned enough because <laughs> there's also the other study found a zero point nine hmm. basically and that means that you're you know. 10% better off than the rest. <laughs> I mean, there's always like the... <laughs> even if the, it's significant, it can still be noise. It, yes. Because you just have a batch and you can be unlucky in that case that it looks like there's something. You've, you've got that with coffee a lot as far as I know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not completely sure. But with coffee, you get like a study that says, oh, coffee is actually good for you. And then... And other stuff, coffee is actually bad. And it goes, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And I think that means it's probably mostly noise. And coffee is not is neither really healthy nor really unhealthy. Of course, you know, in the right amounts, if you drink too much coffee, it's not good. Mm. If you drink not enough coffee, that's not good, at least <laughs> for me. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not having looked it up, I could imagine it not being good. It's the only experience I know from coffee and what I feel like other people are talking about as awake. It's just being anxious. <laughs> coffee makes you anxious and stress is actually as bad for you as smoking. Is something that I read? I haven't looked it up. I will <laughs> double check that. Especially with the, with the odds ratio of 100 plus now. Um, I, I <laughs> these catchy titles that they stick in your head and then <laughs> if you come to the context, you get like, yeah, I've heard that. Then in the back in the back of your mind it's like, oh you've already read the headline. <laughs> so it sounds yeah. so sounds so fitting right now. 
And then it's possible, I can But stress is, is bad for your health. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me because it brings up your blood pressure. Oh, yeah. It steals a lot of your mental stress, energy. Stress is really... Depression, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. But ca coffee doesn't make me... At least in the amount I drink, it doesn't make me anxious at all. Maybe you just don't know what not being anxious feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you would believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just your <sighs> opinion, man. Okay, last 15 minutes. Mm. Do you have something? You want to talk about something cool you watched? You want to look up a game? Sure. And then it's called Beware. What? And it sounds a lot like stealth trucking. What? Yes, it's not finished yet. It's apparently a car driving horror game there is um could be that yeah could be the, the top one okay i'm just gonna add these words and then there's a, a demo out and um oh, the there is a new trailer apparently okay. you can you can look for new trailer stuff like that well, here's just the driving horror game, so I feel no, like... Let's look at the, at the demo, I think. The demo? Well, that's a beware demo. Uh, I mean, trailer. Aha! So apparently you're... So you're driving, and you... Um, I think you want to flee from a dictatorship as well. Aha! Okay, so far... But I think that's the game. That's, uh, I, I haven't seen it. I just... Heard it on the Crate and Crowbar podcast on my way here. Horror trailer. Okay, maybe I'll just take out these words. Why not? Yeah, there, there, the, the, the second link at the bottom. Second link. Gets a new gameplay trailer. Oh, the gameplay trailer. Yes. So, I guess that's. There it is, I think. Drive through. <laughs> Sped up. I hate that when they do that. Imagine having to look all this all slow. Oh, look at that, how nice that looks. So you're driving mostly nights, like there's a lot of weather effects. And you get hunted, apparently, mm. by other cars. Okay, that that I still find acceptable, different enough. Oh yeah, for sure. But clearly inspired by my game. I mean, that yeah, came out two years ago, and there you go. I mean, they've been working on it for a while, but I mean, they they could credit you. I feel like that's that would be the right no, thing. No, I'm pretty sure they saw it at Ludum Dara two years ago, and mm -hmm. they started developing this, and now it's done. It's the way of the world, isn't it? Yeah. So was it a walking simulator, but driving? Kinda, I don't know. You see the, the lights, maybe? Yeah. What does these lights do? I haven't seen any action yet. <gasps> there it is, there's an action. <sighs> okay, this is... Oh, the fevery. That is exactly how mine works. Mean trucks driving into you. Yeah. <laughs>
I bet that would even be possible. Yeah. Indie game. Just play something, get inspired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought uh, I didn't need to tell you that so you can um, be mad about it. Be inspired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, my 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 dream for it is still still a bit more hitman just in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've also started watching The Wire. Ooh, nice. And God, is that good. Right? I mean, so, I say right, I haven't seen it in 10 years, but I remember it as being very good. So, do you know when it came out? Because it's 2005 or something? surprisingly uh, progressive. Like, a representation is top-notch. Oh, it's so great. 2002. It's like a procedural... Yeah. Uh, and you, you see the, the side of the gang, I mean, I'm just in season one, so you've got like a drug gang yeah. there in some run-down part of I don't know, New York or something, Brooklyn, yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore, right. Baltimore is even worse, worse, I think. And yeah, the police that's... Uh, yeah, a little police um, department that... Uh, what's that called? They're not a department, they're just like a, um, like a task force. A task force, right. And they are underfunded and they get the worst people of the worst, <laughs> you know, and because nobody really has an interest in them ha having really an impact. Uh, it's so great because it's so critical of the police. It's got a lot of police brutality as well, but it doesn't, it doesn't frame it as good. It doesn't frame it as bad enough, in my opinion. Mm. But I don't know, it makes, it just... I mean, you have, like, on the gang gangster side, you've got, like, a gay couple who are really prominent. Yeah. On the police side, you've got a lesbian couple that's really in um, in the main cast. And it's so good. It's got this relaxed feeling, but kind of thrillery, like um, Twin Peaks. <laughs> I think it feels a lot like Twin Peaks because I can't watch it. Uh, really relaxed, but also I want to watch the next episode because <laughs> it, it it is kind of it, it's it's really interesting. It's 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 uh, uh, incredible, incredible series. I mean, each one is an hour long, right? Each episode, and um, you, you, I feel it. I feel the hour. Like uh, at the end, I'm like, uh, at the half. Point that I'm always thinking of. Is it gonna end? No, it's probably not gonna end for another half hour because I'm so into the half hour episodes. Yeah. But uh, they can just craft way better stories, and also that it's not like like other uh, procedurals where it's just like a case per episode, but it's like one thing that evolves over the whole season. Yeah. It all makes sense. And there's so many intrigues and so many. Uh, like, uh, like the network of um, how characters interact with each other is so tight and it's so good and the the characters are all amazing. <sighs> They're so you know likable and also like a couple that you really don't like, but all really come off as really human and 
I think uh, almost everyone I, I'd like to drink a beer and it's so great to just hang out with them watch them do their case or watch them sell their drugs mm. has Wallace come up yet? I don't think so a little kid cornrows oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's Michael B. Jordan uh, Killmonger from uh, Black Panther wow wow yeah now I see it <laughs> wow Oh, the cast is, is amazing. Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you're going to like it. The second season is still somewhat connected to the first, but then mostly every season is its own thing. Mm. And I think I found that jarring always when it starts with something new because I'm like, ah, mm. but I want to see more of those guys. Yeah. But it always goes into some territory and always something new. And I think especially season three or four, I think they do something super interesting mm. um, just conceptually right. about how to deal with you know drugs properly and stuff. And uh, so yeah, that's going to be okay. I'm, that's I'm gonna, gonna interesting. Take a while. Yeah. I am in the <laughs> middle of, of season one. Mm. Like, well, I don't know, 20 episodes each an hour or something like that. They also changed... Um, oh, so the, bingeable. So bingeable. After each episode, I'm like... You know, an hour. <laughs> that—that's how, how I uh, what I did the most like <laughs> this week. And yeah, yeah. Um, they always have the same theme song, but it, always a different version per season. And I think mm. the season two version is my favorite. So watch out for that. Oh, okay, watch out for that too. It's yeah. a little bit more reggae, I think. <laughs> and I was wondering, is how how could we translate that in a video game? Because I I'm mm. I'm thinking. If they can make a police procedural where I am not all the time, you know, thinking of propaganda, yeah, how could you do that as a game? You know, you you've got your, I mean, it, it would be very similar, right? You 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 start out in a little. Uh, that's what what I imagine. In a, you've got like your your unit, and you 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 get your um, people. Just, you know, you get the, the worst of the worst again. And then you've got to teach them to... And you've got to find their strength. Like the one guy uh, in the beginning who's really violent, who shoots around. And then in the middle of, of season one, he you, he gets a job where he's... He, he gets confined after he does some shit. Um, hits a kid. Uh, um, he gets to desk work and there... Is strength of um, you know understanding their codes and decoding stuff comes out, and mm. also like like teaching teaching the other policemen you know how to behave properly, mm. and uh, maybe you know fight the corruption within the force. Yeah, that could be a great game in there. That was also uh, something that I've been wanting to do since I watched the Miss Marple stuff. Was um, you know, something where you investigate, where you're not necessarily part of the police, but just, you know, the private detective stuff. Mm. And text, you know, classic text adventure, so that you actually can... I think I was thinking about it because of the detective stuff in the Assassin's Creed Syndicate. But what they do is you, you uncover clues, but of course you only uncover the clues that are there, and you see what is there. And, you know, walking up to something and just, you know initiating the interaction mm. I think it's a little bit boring and that's why I was thinking if you have like a typical like an old school Zork type adventure mm -hmm. and you can just you know look at everything that you think and you build 
figure it out through all the things that you can do and interact with and to have basically that freedom of deciding of trying what you think might be important hmm. I think that's something that might be I think that's something that's nice there, about there, there, there these old a, type of games yeah, there is a game in, in in that direction I forgot the name but you have you are investigating a murder and you need to find out but you can um you, you find like different um in edition uh clues clues yeah and then you gotta figure it out you, you gotta build a case against someone but you can build cases against different people and you know you can just you can get the wrong person for example and that's what i thought you know if you do a thing you know you can look at everything you can inspect what you want if you miss something then you miss it and you yeah. can accuse who you want you never get the definitive answer you just do your best work yeah you can yeah and that's i feel like this freedom of interaction well i don't know i feel like that might make it more interesting than mm. just following the path of okay now i'm going to talk to that blinking point which reveals mm. these two blinking points but rather you know to actually investigate yeah. the scenery and come up with your own conclusions type of thing to be really your responsible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You remember uh, something dark, murder dark versus the police or something? Doesn't ring a bell. So like an indie game where you're like <laughs> you're a murder dog, <laughs> and you gotta, <laughs> you've got to um, present your case why it's not murder what you did. <laughs> I think you can you can. Uh, eat clues and stuff like that. It was really neatly made, like really wild um, graphics as well. It was a free indie game back in the day. Uh, Murder Dog Trials. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm finding. Murder Dog 4 Trial of the Murder Dog. That's it. But that means there's more Murder Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great game. It's, it, it, I, I got it saved on my uh, PC because, uh, yeah. That's a game I like to, to show people <laughs> to for them to see like how different games can be. Uh, it's just such a fun experience. <laughs> that sounds great. That also looks like like sort of like Dominic Pampelmoose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty short. I think it's like you know, half an hour tops. Yeah, um, like with a clay figure and some paper yeah. stuff. Interesting. <laughs> I gotta check that out. Yeah. <sighs> All right, I gotta go to the loo, so shall we wrap it up? I think it's time to wrap it up. Well then, thanks very much for joining us, yes, you yes. too. Um, if you're still here, I hope you have sailed smooth, what is it called? Smooth sailing. Flying that nobody's forward. gonna try to stop you anywhere and extort more money. <laughs> um, yeah. And yes, Vendasil, uh, have fun with your Among Us stream later. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Have a nice weekend. We might see you next week, although I'm also thinking because we have to do the quarantine and we can't hang out Ooh. together. So maybe we just skip it so I just spend some quality time with my wife. Well, let's see. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Let's uh, make next week optional. We will let you know. 
yeah, because I don't think I'm there the week after, possibly. Oh, it's the week. Wait, the week after is that your? What is happening then? Is that the Kulturelle Landpartie? What? What is that? Um, in in Wendland, they have like a kind of festival week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wanted to. It's so the thirtieth. Yeah, it's from the thirtieth, but it's. I think I'm gonna go like the fourth of August to mm -hmm. the eighth of August something like that well then we still have a week okay so yeah but so, I guess we can do it your we'll see how we yeah, how we yeah. feel we'll we'll see as we always let you know on our discord yeah so let me throw this in here for everybody who isn't already <laughs> well oh. Bali still isn't so <gasps> the rudeness we need four more followers on here. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, anywho, we'll, we'll nice see weekend. you sometime. Thanks for joining us. And yeah. yes, what he said. Bye! Bye.